views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. This show's audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And if you are on vacation, well, I hope you enjoy yourself and you are just taking a time out to relax, balance, recharge, and then especially thank you for listening. And if you are still in the midst of your work schedule, thank you also for taking this time to just change your mind, get a different perspective, and find yourself a little bit more empowered after this hour. You know, some people ask me, why are you doing Empowerment Radio? And and I really think that one of the biggest motivators is for me to get information out that we don't necessarily have that helps us to address those challenges that millions of us are struggling with. And two of those challenges we want to take on today, which are panic attacks and phobias. Well, I don't know if you ever have had a panic attack or were suffering from a phobia, but if you have, or if you have seen anybody who has, you know how disempowering, overwhelming, and just terrible it can make you feel. Now, why do I throw those two together, you may wonder? Well, panic attacks and phobias have actually quite a bit in common. There are a lot of similarities and overlaps, and ultimately they have the same root cause, but they also make us very feel very powerless. And often just all we can do is wait for the next one. And the longer we wait, the more anxious we get. Now, it's already bad enough how powerless we feel when we are anxious. But unfortunately, I believe, and I come from allopathic medicine, I don't think that conventional medicine does make us feel better. Because you're often told that you have to live with your anxiety. Doesn't go away. All you can do is to manage it. Now, I could use stronger terms and excuse my French, but I want to refrain from terms that may come from a male cow's excrement and leave it at that, that this is simply a very gross, 
underestimation of our ability to adapt, heal, change, grow. I mean, I have been helping people to overcome fear and anxiety for more than 15 years. And I tell you, there is nothing to fear and anxiety that resembles an imprisonment. It's not your identity. It's not your destiny. Fear and anxiety are much more than that. And they're actually ultimately the opportunities, just like they were for me, to become more present, more balanced, more empowered. Now, how you get there, I will talk more about this on the show. And you can also visit my website, thefearandanxietysolution.com. You can find there a lot of information about this new perspective on fear and anxiety. There are empowerment tools. There is an anxiety questionnaire. And there is also a way for you to get in touch with me and schedule a free consultation if you're interested in setting up one-on-one sessions. But for now, just buckle up, keep your mind open, and allow yourself to gain a whole new perspective on anxiety, phobias, panic attacks, and, as I said before, feel more confident and empowered in your abilities to address and resolve those challenges. Now, you're driving along, and some of you may have had exactly that experience, and all of a sudden, something overcomes you. You have a hard time breathing, you're feeling dizzy, tense, sweaty, you can't concentrate, and you just manage to get the car stopped. Maybe you even call the ambulance because you're sure you're having a heart attack. Well, you go to the hospital, they check you all out, and then the doctor comes and you think like he has maybe a little smirk on his face and says, well, everything is fine, you just had a panic attack. Four million people suffer from panic attacks, so then you're one of them. Now, many people that have been given that diagnosis actually would have preferred to have something real, like a little heart issue or stomach ulcer or something like this, because emotions, they just make you feel weak and soft, and somehow there's something wrong with you. But why are we actually so ashamed of our feelings? Why is it that we are rather wanting to have a physical issue than to deal with our mind? Well, the other scenario is something that actually happened to me and my sister, which is as soon as you see a spider running across the floor, no size matters here, you scream, you run out of the room, you feel like you know a monster has just chased you And it is simply because that little animal gets you the heebie-jeebies. Or others are freaking out when they are standing in front of an elevator or having to go on a trip with an airplane. These are more the phobias where some external input, something that you notice, something that you feel like you want to avoid at all costs, because it makes you just feel so anxious. Even if you logically understand there are no real poisonous spiders where you live and it's anyhow unfair because your shoe is about 10 times as big as that little insect, you still are feeling like it can at any time harm you. 
So panic attacks, phobias, they are all very illogical, irrational, but they feel so real and so strong. Now, what do they have in common? Now, one of the things about panic attacks that you probably know if you had one is that once you have one, you're already afraid of the next one. You're afraid of getting a panic attack in the grocery store, in the movies, in the car, driving on the interstate. And you just feel like, okay, I, I have to avoid all those situations where maybe there are a lot of strangers around that cannot help me or I get stuck somewhere, or I feel embarrassed and powerless. And so over time, you become actually phobic of your own emotions. You don't trust your emotions anymore. You don't trust your mind anymore. Every day you're checking in and looking at where is the anxiety? Where does it come from? Is it right now there? Will it attack me? So you're trying to avoid yourself in this way, you're also making your life smaller and smaller. And that is similar to that phobia that also makes you avoid certain aspects of your life that uh, then unfortunately also become all-encompassing because you are thinking more and more about them. Now, what they also have in common, phobia and panic attacks, is that they are created by that same mind of yours, and they can get uncreated. Anxiety is not a monster. It's not a little devil inside of you that just wants to harm you. Don't understand your emotions as something that ultimately is yeah, misfiring, or it's something that is just fundamentally flawed inside of you, and so you cannot really trust what your mind is producing here. What we do is naturally, because it feels so overwhelming, we want to, don't want to look at it. We want to run away from it. We want to suppress it. But what the emotions really need, and especially anxiety, is to face it, try to understand it, try to connect the dots and see what could this really mean? What is the deeper message behind it? Now, another aspect that panic attacks and phobia share is that they do often come from a deeper root cause. You know, when you have panic attacks or phobia, you really focus on the symptom. You tell yourself, well, Spiders, that's the issue. Planes, that's the issue. My emotions, that's the issue. And you're not really digging in a little bit deeper and, and wondering what the root cause could be. It's like, you know, if you have a headache and, uh, well, at some point it doesn't go away. So you're digging in, you're going to the neurologist and the ear, nose and throat doctor. And finally you end up at the dentist and tells you, well, you have a cavity. Well, do you leave it by that or are you wondering, well, I'm brushing my teeth all the time. Why am I having a cavity? Well, maybe you're eating too much sugar or maybe there is not a lot of fluoride in your toothpaste, whatever those things are. You want to dig in deeper and ask yourself, why does it happen in the first place? Phobia and anxiety are, uh, phobia and panic attacks are at the core anxiety and so you want to ask yourself, where does this anxiety come from? Now, what I found very often with my clients is that 
especially with anxiety attacks, with panic attacks, they happen to people that have already some issue with anxiety before, but they kind of ignored it. They were kind of successful in pushing it aside and not having to think about it. And then the anxiety at some point, which wants your attention, is jumping in your face and saying, okay, here I am. Are you listening now? Why does it do that? And who does that? Which part of the mind? And how can you make that part of your mind stop scaring you so much? All of those things we're going to talk about more after the break. Do you believe you are meant to live with more joy, but you're just not sure how to get it? What does the phrase, give me the joy, make you feel? Join me, Lynn Horde, every second and fourth Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, on the Give Me The Joy Show, as I take you on a journey to peel back the layers so you can take back your joy. To find out more about my work as the Joy Coach, including my popular programs, Joy School and Joy at Work, visit lynnhorde.com. If you're dealing with fear and anxiety, you've probably noticed that the more you fight these emotions, the stronger they seem to get. Dr. Friedemann Schaub, the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, explains that instead of suppressing, we need to identify and resolve the deeper, subconscious root causes of fear and anxiety. His personal breakthrough program has helped thousands worldwide to overcome their emotional challenges. To learn more, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com and schedule your free consultation with Dr. Schaub now. A space of allowing radio with Coach Nancy Coco, welcoming all that wants to be present today. Tune in Thursdays every first and third week at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Coach Nancy helps you find a space of allowing. Join Coach Nancy to explore what lives at your edges and to bring more of yourself home. For more information, visit NancyCocoCoaching.com. Hi, I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. And this is a tip with purpose. When the old anger and stress are triggered, stop, breathe. See what you're doing and tell yourself no more. Breathe and walk away. See your anger for what it really is. It's quite destructive. Don't take excuses for excuses. Take more of, yes, I can, and move forward. I hope this tip helps you going through the day today. You can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at theswisshypnotherapy.com and write me an email and I give 30 minutes free consultation. Hypnotherapy is there for you. Demystifying the journey on From Here to There Radio with your host, Diane Garris. Tune in every third Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Diane helps you get from where you are now to the life you envision. Get ready to get unstuck and move forward. Every show features a new special segment, New Age Notes, demystifying hot metaphysical topics of the day. For more information or to work with Diane, visit DianeGarris.com.
Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking phobia. We are talking panic attacks. All those good and so challenging things that many of us are facing. Now, if you have any questions, call in at 1-800-930-2819. Again, that's 1-800-930-2819 or use the chat box. Uh, on transformationtalkradio.com. And I do have a little uh, favor to ask of you because a lot of people have the idea that anxiety is something to be ashamed of, something to hide out from, something to not admit to. What I want to ask you, when you know someone has anxiety, do you feel that they are less than? Do you feel embarrassed for them? Do you look differently at them? Or do you actually still see them as the people that you know and you know that they are struggling, but nothing really changes? You don't have a lesser opinion of them. If you have a lesser opinion, please, just in the chat box, put number two in. And if you have just the same opinion where you say like, well, this is just a person who's going through their stuff. I don't look less at them. I don't feel they have to be embarrassed. I'm glad that they're sharing what's going on. Put in number one. I just want to see if what I assume is true is that we are judging ourselves when we're anxious and basically telling ourselves that is something to, to hide and avoid, to admit. But when we are actually on the other side, and we're seeing people struggling, we have compassion for them, and we want to help them, and we don't want them to feel bad about their challenges. So one is, if you have a totally okay and normal opinion about them, doesn't change anything. Two is, if you feel like, well, they're a little weak, they're a little less than. And so I can see what happens with this little poll. Now, we have to make a choice, right? I mean, we can see anxiety as an entrapment, as I said before, as an adversity that just makes you fight yourself, your mind, can just do anything to get rid of it. Or you can see it as an opportunity to maybe learn something about yourself. So let's look about what we can learn. Because ultimately, I believe the only reason why we hear in life is to to learn something and hopefully to grow from those learnings. And anxiety was, for me personally, one of the greatest teachers. I learned so much about myself, about life, and also about what is important to me and ultimately what my mission and my purpose is. So when you have been dealing with phobias or Panic attacks, I said before, often there is something already uh, smoldering underneath the surface. And you may have just really not paid attention to it. You may have just been too busy. So one of the things that you may want to ask yourself, if you have been dealing especially with panic attacks, they have been coming just out of the blue. Is there anything happening in my life that has changed? Is it maybe connected to something like retiring or changing a job or moving something uh, somewhere to a different place or being in a new relationship. Many of my clients, I remember 
one recently who has been working for 30 years in a very high-powered job. And that was really her identity. This is what she felt good about. This is what she felt also, yeah, identified with. Once she retired, all of a sudden, a few days afterwards, she was dealing with one panic attack after another, and she did not any longer know where her mind was going. She was spinning all day long. And so it was very strange for her now that she had freedom, that she had space, that she could do whatever she wants. That's when she was dealing with that panic attack. Why? Well, we get to this in a moment. Now, another question you may want to ask yourself is, especially with panic attacks, this maybe on the tail end of you doing a little bit of self-neglect. I had several clients that got the panic attacks while driving and they felt like, well, why driving? What's, what's going on here? But upon deeper investigation, it turns out this was also a time in their lives where they were either completely occupied with something that really pulled them away from themselves. You know, they were maybe in a you know, challenging relationship or they were at uh, the end of their studies or they were fighting for a promotion at their job and so they were eating badly, not sleeping enough, they were not working out, they were not doing anything that was bringing them joy or created some replenishment of their batteries. Or... There is also, there are those cases where people were going into more reckless behavior. This happens quite a bit that uh, with younger people that may have felt like really forced into being good students, you know, getting curfews, being home in time, and then they go out in college, driver's license, maybe even legally uh, allowed to drink, and taking drugs, and all of a sudden this panic attack happens. And they're wondering, like, well, what happens? Why am I panicking? I have now finally the freedom I wanted. And again, there is something inside that holds you back, pulls the brakes, and says, no, that's not okay. And the last one I want you to think about in regards to what could be actually on a deeper level going on when I have phobias or panic attacks, how is this connected to the past? Now, for example, spider. I had a client once who was really afraid of spiders. Now, I was afraid of spiders because I saw my mom when I was a little boy with a spider crawling on her chest, screaming bloody murder, and that just imprinted on my brain that spiders are bigger and stronger and more scary than my mom, and so since they were then... I was afraid of spiders. Now, this client, she, when we were working on a deeper level, realized that the spiders were actually connected to spider webs and that the spider webs were connected to a memory of her living with her little brother in some disheveled house that she grew up in, in a rather dysfunctional family. And usually when they went to school, they had to go through the bushes and 
the spider webs that had formed overnight, they were still hungry, maybe they were still shaken up by the parents fighting. And so that going out of the house into a school that both of them didn't enjoy and feeling already somehow scared and weakened, and then those spider webs in their face, that's the association she made with spiders and spider webs being just something to avoid, something she didn't want to get in touch with because at that time she also didn't want to get in touch with her past. And all of those examples I just told you, they have usually to do something with your history. Anxiety is not here to hurt you. It is trying to protect you. It is trying to protect you from whatever it thought it needs to protect you, whether it's the spider, whether it's something that feels out of control, maybe like an elevator, which can bring up that sense of being trapped, or it can also protect you from yourself. You know, when you think about that person who has reckless behavior, there is this protective source inside that deeper part of the mind, that subconscious that says, oh, wow, you're getting in trouble. You're going off the deep end. I need to reel you back in. Or when there is a change happening, like that change of retirement or that change of a different job or a different uh, uh, place to live, there's always the risk with change, risk of failure, risk of the unknown, risk of potential unpleasant encounters or criticism, rejection. So that is, again, making you then through the, uh, through the panic attacks and the anxiety basically reel yourself back in, getting into a little comfort zone, hiding out in the cocoon that that inner protecting protector feels like, uh, yeah, maybe appropriate for you to stay safe. So what can you do with that? Now, okay, now you're figuring out, oh, my panic attack is actually not a monster. It's my mind, and it's not something that just comes out of the blue. There is maybe something underneath. The phobia is probably something I have learned and an association I have made, and maybe I need to think about the metaphorical sense of the phobia, maybe that being trapped, or maybe that connection to an animal, or maybe the fear of people in general, maybe that has something to do again also with my history, my story. So that's great if you know that, then you can actually make sense out of it. And then it tells you two things. One is, well, that part of your mind still believes it needs to protect you from all of that, including yourself. And B, that there is maybe something out of balance in your life right now that needs to get back into balance. And see, maybe there's just still that past lingering in the back of your mind. Maybe there's still something that you want to address that you haven't fully resolved. And that is not necessarily something that you want to do on a just intellectual level. That is where you go into that deeper library of your life, into that deeper subconscious place. And that is something I can certainly help you with in sessions or seminars or anything like that. But right now, you're sitting at the edge of your seat. You're wondering, okay, now I have all this information. What am I going to do? How do I deal with it? 
We'll talk about this after the break. know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio, and I asked Carter to shorten the break because there's just a lot to talk about, and I want to make sure that we do have enough time. So I asked the question, what can we do? If we know that fear and anxiety and panic attacks and phobias are something that is a message from a story of the past, that there is a meaning, that there is a purpose to it, which is to protect us and at times also to remind us that we are maybe out of balance and not taking care of ourselves. So what can we do? Now, the first thing that I find that it is really important is to make those to make those connections and to make and to make sure that those connections are actually, uh, you know, making sense to you. So going back and really going through your past and uh, and going through what happens at the times where this all started is really important, as I said before. Now, the second one that I find is very helpful is just to give your anxiety a different look, a different appearance. And that is something that a lot of people find very freeing, where instead of seeing the anxiety as something, you know, maybe amorphous or again, monstrous, seeing it more as a smaller version of yourself, a part of you that just uh, is scared because it still looks through the eyes of the past, the eyes of that child into the world. Now, a lot of people say, well, inner child work, blah, 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 that's 70s, that's psychobabble. Well, it's not really. And here's something, for example, a, a, a reader of my book just wrote me today. She said, I really love your book and it helped me to see anxiety in a different way, especially I like the exercise of having the younger self and the more adult empowered self talking to each other. By giving them more life, I understood each of them better. And by doing so, my anxiety has left within just a few days. I didn't have this type of anxiety that was happening in the background of a lot of changes in in my life in 10 years. 
So just by being able to step away and looking at this anxiety more as, okay, this is a part of me and that part has a mind of a child, that really helps. So what clients often do is that they start a conversation, that they really have that little imaginary um, you know, relationship with a younger self that says, well, you know, I'm afraid of spiders because of that. And then you can say, well, spiders are actually not scary and here's why. They are very fascinating. Or I'm afraid of driving. And you can say, well, you don't have to drive. I'm going to buckle you in in the back seat and you're going to be safe and I'm going to do the driving me the adult because I know how to do that. Or with panic attacks, I'm feeling the panic because you have been not taking care of yourself or you have been drinking too much or you have been too reckless in your driving or in your living or you have been too angry. And when you're angry all the time and judgmental, it makes me feel that uh, you're exactly like mom or dad who were also so mean to us. I mean, all of those things can happen. Really, those little conversations can happen where you realize, wow, I'm actually triggering through my behavior my own anxiety because something inside of me doesn't feel safe with myself. It doesn't feel at ease with myself. So I need to help that part of me to learn to trust me again. And that is really one of the most important steps and then uh, another step, a third step that I find is also very helpful is just to strengthen your mind. You know, there is a sympathetic nervous system, which is that part of your nervous system that ultimately is triggered through anxiety and stress. And it's all about fight, flight response and lots of cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline are released, and that's when we have the heart poundings and uh, shortness of breath and so on happening. So that is the one that's already, when you have been dealing with panic attacks and phobias, you know, probably more active. But there is the other side. It's more the calmer side of your nervous system, and that is a parasympathetic nervous system. And that part of your mind, this autonomic nervous system mind, is that part that is for rest, digest, healing. So that's a part that usually is uh, stimulated when we are cooling down, slowing down, sleeping. Now, when we are dealing with anxiety, phobias, panic attacks, we have often a weaker parasympathetic nervous system, it's not very active, it's not very stimulated, it's kind of pushed aside, which can really be also one of those reasons why people get ill and don't heal very well when they are under constant stress and anxiety. So how do you strengthen this healing part of the mind, this calm part of the mind? Well, you do it not when you have a panic attack or when the phobia hits you, you do it actually every day when you already feel fairly calm. You know, often people tell me, well, I'm trying to meditate when I have a panic attack. Well, you don't learn how to drive on black ice. I mean, you don't do that practice and getting calm in the midst of the storm. So try to practice calming your mind through breathing, just very simple, four-second inhaling, four-second holding the breath, four-second exhaling, 
and you can build up to 10 seconds or 12 or 20 seconds. That can be very, very relaxing. You do this for 10 minutes, your whole system is slowing down. Or you can chant. There is the OM chant that actually has shown uh, in science that it can stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system. You can do some writing. You can do visualizations, guided meditations. You can do a nice little belly massage. Even stimulating your ears, rubbing your ears even, is stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. So there are a lot of things you can actually do that helps you to get stronger and balance out that hyperactive sympathetic part of the mind. That can also help you in the moment when you do have a panic attack. For example, drinking an ice-cold glass of water, that can really stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system and calms you down. Of course, you can remember to breathe and slow down your breathing in that moment. And then there are other ways that also help you, again, to get like a bailout of the panic attack. One of them is an exercise that uh, is described in uh, one of my empowerment tools. So you just go to the website, the Fear and Anxiety Solution, go empowerment, go to empowerment tools, and there is a, a meditation that's called Gain Complete Perspective. Gain Complete Perspective, and that is also uh, a wonderful exercise to do when you feel overwhelmed by your emotions. It really gets you out of that you know, tunnel vision that makes a spider the size of an elephant or makes you afraid of your own emotions. So that's kind of something I certainly can also recommend you to do. And uh, there is a listener who was actually asking about that parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve, and she was asking if that is a part that is causing chest contractions with severe anxiety. It's not quite that. I mean, that that uh, vagus nerve or vagaries nerve, that is something that is stimulated with the parasympathetic nervous system. It's actually like when you are calming down, that part gets activated. Uh, what it does do is though, it is also changing the contraction of your heart and your heart is actually often uh, slowing down. It is, uh, it is pumping slower and that change in rhythm and that change in how much it's pumping out at a time, it can feel like a heart palpitation. It can feel almost like a little arrhythmia. And that can feel, even though it's good and healthy, and it can feel also uncomfortable. So that's certainly something to keep in mind when you change speeds from stress and anxiety into more calmness. It can be a little bit bumpy for a while until you feel completely calm. I have someone who called in, who I asked to call in. I'm really happy, happy that she did because she has a little bit also something to say about her journey with uh, anxiety and phobias and panic attacks. So thank you so much, Crystal, for calling in. Of course. Hi there. <laughs> Hi there. So nice to hear your voice. Hi. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to have you maybe share a little bit about your journey because, you know, it's always one thing when I talk about these issues, but there is something completely different when you are 
sharing what happened with you. So you have been struggling with phobia and panic attacks before. And tell me, what did that look like? Sure. So I guess it was a couple of years ago, I started to develop a pretty powerful fear of going to the doctor and anything medical-related. And I would think about it and start to get anxious. I would think about having my blood pressure taken and start to get anxious, even though there was no rational reason or explanation on why I I should be feeling that way. I, I haven't had severe health issues in the past, but I felt very unsafe. And so I started to have these panic attacks um, prior to going into a doctor's office. I would still continue to go and see a doctor because I knew it was important, but I would have a lot of fear and anxiety. My heart would race. I couldn't slow down. And then they would take my blood pressure and my blood pressure would be really high. So that created this loop that I stayed in of just, oh, I have high blood pressure now. This anxiety is causing all these health issues for me. And it made me not want to go to the doctor, even though I would still go, like I said, but it was just a very uncomfortable um, experience. So you actually lost trust in your in your body, in your mind, and you felt kind of trapped in it, out of control with it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then I would put pressure on myself when I would go to the doctor to have really good blood pressure. So I started almost obsessing about it. Um, And then I would check it and it would be high. And then I'd put more pressure on myself. Like I need to get this under control and it would create this, this anxiety loop. And one of the anxieties you also had was that you were really watching your body. Uh, You know, you shared about uh, that you watched your heart and your chest and you wondered if there is now a heart attack or something wrong with you. And so that, created also, again, this almost phobia of any physical sensations that immediately were interpreted as something bad. Absolutely. Yeah, my heart would race, and then I would immediately think, oh, I need to get this under control. This is going to cause a heart attack later, or, you know, there's something wrong with my heart, because when I would get anxious, my heart would obviously do things. And so trying to, to not read into it that way. Um, and going into this worst-case scenario mindset was really important. But unfortunately, that's the pattern that I developed was there's something severely wrong. Now, as I mentioned uh, during the program that, you know, one way of starting to get a different perspective on the anxiety and on the symptoms and what the anxiety is making you do in response to it is to get a deeper understanding. So what are actually the dots that we need to connect? You know, what actually is really going on? Where is Waldo here? What is actually the anxiety trying to tell me? And and what did you find out through, you know, our work together? Absolutely. I learned that the the anxiety is not something that I should be afraid of and push away. Um, Whenever I would start to experience anxiety, it was an immediate, I got to get rid of it. I've got to get rid of it. And now I see it as a part of me, a child like Crystal, the Crystal at five years old, um, 
who who dealt with some very stressful, intense situations. And I felt unsafe quite a bit as a kid. And um, my very driven personality and this need to be in control and even almost putting pressure on myself was, was how I ultimately survived and ended up thriving as an adult. But over time, um, it kind of took a turn uh, in in a way that I didn't really understand, and I was a, a afraid of the anxiety, and I was um, putting more pressure on myself. And so now I see the anxiety as me at five years old, and I've built a relationship with that part of myself, and I empathize with that part of myself, and I also remind that part of myself that I that I am an adult and that I am empowered and I can take care of things. And that if I go into a doctor's office or if I go into any situation that might make me a little anxious or nervous, I remind that part of myself, it's okay, I've got this. Now, would you say that um, when the anxiety came up, that there were changes in your life, that this you know, comfort zone of being the achiever and being in control was rattled up and that that's was maybe one of the reasons why the anxiety came up. Yes, absolutely. So I had um, actually gone through the ending of a relationship. I went through a, a divorce followed by some challenges at um, my place of employment, and uh, both of which hurt my confidence quite a bit, and I felt very disempowered. Um, in both instances, I felt... Uh, forms of rejection, different types of form, different types of forms, but rejection nonetheless. And I, I think at at that point in my life, I had almost really given my power away. I gave my power away to external situations, to external relationships, instead of acknowledging and knowing that that power resides within me. So would you say that the anxiety had actually a positive message? I mean, did it try to make you aware of things that you haven't really dealt with and that were really it was time to deal with them? And and what do you feel like, you know, the, the crystal before you even had the anxiety and the crystal that you have now in front of you, what's the difference between the two? Oh, yeah. So I think that, had I not had all of this not surfaced, I would never come to understand that I don't have to achieve and prove myself to be valuable and to be enough. I think I got a lot of my value from my relationships and from my work, and that was something that I had done historically. And so through this, I came to understand that it's not what's outside of me that defines who I am. It's, it's who I am internally. It's who I already am. But had I not had the anxiety in going through this process, I don't think I ever would have realized that. I think that it would always be very egoic. It would, it would always be about how much can I achieve? How much can I control? How much can I do? You know, um, how much can I help this person? Um, how much does this relationship ultimately define who I am? And, and I don't see it that way anymore. It, it really was a signal for me to go deeper into myself and to really understand what self-love even means. And that's such an uh, amazing, uh, you know, you could say turnaround if you are 
dealing with anxiety and you want to avoid yourself, you want to run away from yourself, and ultimately you're coming full circle into yourself and you're loving yourself more, trusting yourself more, and finding yourself more. So, I mean, just like in my case, would you also say that the anxiety was an important teacher for you? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've, I've learned so much through this process. It's really been a transformation, and I feel closer to myself than I ever have before. And the beauty is that you actually got remarried, and you're very happily married, and you also, I think, are way more empowered at work. So how do you show up, for example, at work, which often was one really stressful situation for you how is the new crystal different at work mm -hmm. so i'm much more uh clear about um boundaries so again previously i would let achievement take over and be in the driver's seat and so that would mean that i would work crazy hours i stayed pretty stressed out And so now I'm, I'm really clear about setting those boundaries. And then I also don't give away my power. So when the workday starts and I'm in a meeting, for example, I don't let other people's opinion of me dictate how I feel about myself. I, mm. I look at this as I'm here to add value. I'm here to do a good job. I'm here to make a contribution. But this isn't about what other people think of me, and this isn't about me having to achieve everything and be the best. This is about showing up in a way where I'm centered, I'm um, grounded, I am empowered, and I can make a contribution based on the natural talents and abilities that I possess. And I'm sure you are even more appreciated at work because of it, because you're not in that stress and maybe achiever-pleaser mode. I think so. I think that other people have noticed as well that it's important that we create boundaries for our personal lives. And I think other people have, have appreciated that and have also adopted similar behaviors. I also think that coming in not super stressed out and being more calm and collected helps other people. Um, and, and they start to pick up on that energy and it really helps them create a more positive work environment as well. Well, so if you would want to give a, a piece of advice to the listeners that may be struggling with fear and anxiety, with panic attacks, with phobias, what would you tell them? How, how would you uh, recommend for them to start on this journey that you went through? Yeah, I think, I think it's important to know that when we're in an anxious state, we're, in a, we're kind of limiting ourselves and our heads are down and we can't lift them up and see the complete picture. But if we can try to just open our minds a little bit and recognize that within this very uncomfortable, dark place, there is an opportunity And there is something beautiful, and that beautiful thing is you. And it's really understanding a part of ourselves that we don't understand yet. It's a mystery, right? We're going through this, and we don't understand it. But through healing and with my work with you, Dr. Friedman, I've learned that there, there is so much behind it, and there's so much transformation there. 
And as deep as my anxiety was and as deep as my fear was, that's just as high up I can go in terms of positivity and potential. And, and the path continues. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect, and I still get anxious, but now I don't have the stories wrapped around it. I don't have this fight-or-flight response. And even physically, if my body does, if I take my blood pressure and I get nervous, that's okay. I don't have to beat myself up about it. I don't have to create that story around it that there's something wrong with me or that I'm going to have a heart attack or something like that. So it's, it's, I think it's really important to just recognize that even though it's painful and even though it's hard, there's so much beauty and value in the process of going into it. Well, I always believe that anxiety and fear are a sign of untapped power inside of us. And the more anxiety and fear we have, the more we can find inside of us of that power. And I think you are a great example of that. And uh, and I really want to thank you so much for yeah calling in and uh, and being such an inspiration also for many others because. I know that you also at the beginning felt, well, I have to live with it. I have to maybe just manage it, maybe with medication and there is nothing really else I can do. And and at the same time, there was also a, a curiosity and an open-mindedness to maybe get different answers. And you are certainly just by example, giving a whole new perspective on that Anxiety and panic attacks and phobias are actually ultimately an opportunity. They're actually a nice nudge that may feel uncomfortable, but it is still a nudge to also look more inside for those inner resources. Look more inside for the truth of who you are. Look more inside for what really is your worthiness because many people that are struggling with what I described before, phobias, panic attacks, It is a matter also of your relationship to yourself. How much do you value yourself? How much do you care about yourself? How much do you believe in yourself? And I think without, in your case, Crystal, without your anxiety, you may have never found that self-worth that you now have. And, and I think that also makes you just make different choices and probably share more of your gifts and talents than ever before. Definitely. Definitely. I feel so much more confident, empowered, and connected to myself than I ever have. And it was through this journey that I came to this place. Well, thank you so much. That was really wonderful that you called in. And um, I want to also have the listener just uh, one question that got uh, asked. It was a question about the formerly triggering situations such as driving. Uh, Kathleen says that she had panic attacks and it started while she was driving and now the panic attacks are gone, but she is still terrified about driving. There's still this imprint. And, and besides everything we just talked about, uh, one thing that I find is uh, very helpful is to rehearse, you know, to create a different association. It's almost like, you know, the the triggers when there's a phone ringing, we pick it up. When the 
doorbell rings we open it so there is the car seat or the steering wheel and that triggers negativity so spend some time in your car to meditate spend some time in your car to listen to nice music or inspirational talks spend as i said before time with a little self in the car and and buckle her up make the car actually more a connection of comfort and feeling positive and then you can expand to also making the car something that makes you feel more free or that makes you feel more empowered because you can go to little trips. At the beginning, I would suggest just to go maybe and get some ice cream. So I just get told that I have to end. So <laughs> if you have any more questions, email at info at thefearandanxietysolution.com or just go to the website. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening in, and staying open-minded to find your power. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.